got t- 10 seconds remaining. Looks like it's going to be a draw. Looks like it's heading for a draw. Maguire down the line. North. Hi everybody and welcome to the Lot Pod, the Leeds Rhinos Lot 17A podcast, kindly sponsored by ACDMB, who are a branding and creative design agency based in Farsley, Leeds. They create standout brands. If any companies out there need a new logo or a brand refresh, just get in touch with ACDMB. Thank you as always to them for sponsoring us. It's our second week with our new sponsor, Statman Reese. It is. So we've even got we've got some more support and further support for the lot pod uh, by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below the waist grooming. So their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you just in time for Christmas. It's 20% off with free worldwide shipping with the code LOTPOD. Now, I know I mentioned last week about Ewan's beard, and maybe that's why some people might need them. I have now been using this product for the last couple of weeks because we were lucky to get some, and I'm actually genuinely quite astonished at how good it is. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to share with you what I was doing before. I don't think that's appropriate. I saw um, that you removed the Twitter picture. I had a lot of messages about your before and after. I think you've got a lot of yeah, but... down, Reese. But yeah, I know. Well, I didn't think that was appropriate either. But yeah, that that lawnmower trimmer, which is they call it the future of grooming, and it is absolutely brilliant. I agree. You know, it's got agree. it's got that advanced skin safe technology. There's no cuts. It's waterproof. It's got a four thousand k LED spotlight for for that more precise shaves. So and genuinely, um, it is really good, and I've really enjoyed using it. So if you want to get something for Christmas for yourself or for other members of your family or friends, use the code LOTPOD for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Thank you to Manscaped for joining us. It's been great to have them on board. And as I said last week, the trimmer does have headlights. It does. We said it there. It's a fact. It's a trimmer with headlights. So thanks to Manscaped. Thanks to ACDMB for sponsoring us. So we are back officially as, wrong hand, the LOTPOD. We are here. Thanks to everybody that got involved, listened, watched our World Cup podcasts. And we did have quite a few neutrals join us because we are obviously a lead Rhinos podcast predominantly. Well, not predominantly, we are. Um, have you enjoyed the break from the Rhinos, Reese? Are you enjoying still your uh, off season? I think we haven't really had a break from rugby league, have we? Because obviously we ran from straight from the end of the season into the World Cup, um, so I'm I'm feeling a bit lost without any rugby league on, to be honest. So I'm quite. When we said we we're going to do this off-season update, I was quite happy because it went give me an excuse to talk. Rhino and to talk be fair, to be fair, having done the notes for this podcast, there's loads to talk about. To be honest, in terms of there recruitment, is. 
new kits and anything to stop me talking about wales football or wales rugby yep anything yep that's a given um so there's loads to get our teeth into we have got two returning guests would you like to bring them in we do we have sam and we have cameron how are you gents yeah good thank you yeah i'm pretty good thanks i'm loving i'm loving cameron's blake austin look ah yeah (laughs) Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, just, Those that are listening on Spotify, you're going to have to come in on YouTube and look. But we've actually got Blake Austin in the studio now. That's what we're going to we go with. Said that, that, yeah. We're bringing special guests. <laughs> are you okay, chaps? Yeah, good. Looking forward to uh, talking about rhinos again. It feels like it's been uh, a bit quiet recently. So, well, it, yeah. has. it absolutely has. Um, I think a good place to start is uh, our recruitment. There's been a lot of it ins and outs i think what i'll just do is i think in my notes here i feel like i've forgotten a player it'll stand out to you three I've, it's just completely gone on my head i think the biggest starting point was zach Ardaker, but we'll we'll have him for dessert the biggest shock shall i say and i'll start with cameron if i can matt Pryor did retire um that rhymed um was this a shock, Cameron? Was you surprised? What were you um, glad it happened? He did kind of flirt with the idea, and no, I think he what confirmed that he were going at the end of 2023. But was this a good move for both Matt and the Rhinos, Cameron? It's a funny one, isn't it? Um, he was adamant in the press conference before the grand final, that yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that it would not be his last season. Mm. Um, he would be playing on in 2023 and that would be his last season I think he's an interesting one because in 2020 and 2021 absolutely couldn't fault him I thought he was yeah. one of our best players in fact he was our player of the year Without in a doubt. Yeah. and I felt he were unlucky not to get the award in 2021 as well mm. but it remind- and funnily enough I was watching do you remember the As Good As It Gets um, film you know yes with, uh, and JP in that talks about he was worried about had he gone one season too long in 2015. Part of me wonders whether or not Prior sort of went one season too long because he had some good games in 2022, but he wasn't at the level that he had set in those two previous years. I think from a club perspective, it makes a lot of sense, hmm. especially with Sam Lissoni coming in and just freed up a bit more cap space and a quarter spot. So... I can't really fault the club. I just wonder whether or not it's sort of been something that kind of been thrust upon him or if it was something... That's my next question. Do you think he was pushed, perhaps? Do you think the club have kind of had his arm up his back and said, we need... um, Well, for want of a better phrase, we need you out the club and we need the quarter spot. Uh, Very possibly. I mean... I don't want to put we, words in people's we, mouths. We, we we wanted that, by the way. <laughs> so we, we spoke about this. But I know it was that. I know it wasn't very nice, but literally, I, I have this image of one arm behind the back going with that way. Was the Sony's walking Matt, past the other way, and, and Matt Pryor <laughs> just being like, "No, no, I'd really like to stick." No, just Matt. Yeah. Just, no. <laughs> I mean, if you believe if you believe what it said on the internet, and I won't be surprised. And everything's true on the internet. <laughs> yeah, um, he was offered to Brad. Well. Bradford would have had him, but I don't think he wanted to Mate, play for Bradford. Jesus Christ. Mate, no wonder he retired. 
Um, that's, that's a good enough excuse for anyone to retire, that isn't it? I'd retire if you ever play for Bradford Bulls. What I find interesting is there's been so many players in the past who we've lost because we've only given them short term deals at their ends of their career. You're talking Danny Maguire. He left to pl- spend his last two seasons all okay out because in 2017. Absolutely. Only, it is. I, we only offered him an, an extra year. And we might have, in my opinion, he were that good that we could have won Grand Final in 2018 if we just have had a fit Danny Maguire. Um, we didn't want it last year if it had played. <laughs> would have won it most years with, got, with someone as good as him. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's right. someone else that I've, I've I've forgotten about. Oh, it's back. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about the bell. Um, <laughs> but and then we go and give Matt Pryor a two-year extension in 2021 when he, he already had an option in his contract to prolong the original contract to 2022 anyway. Now that would have probably made smarter business at the time. Mm. I mean, I was absolutely, you know, buzzing when he signed a two-year deal. I was like, that's brilliant. But in hindsight, we should have just activated that extra year and not, or at least tried to. I mean, he might have said, I've often wondered if he was sort of like, I don't want to activate the extra year, but what I'll do is I'll take a new two-year deal to give me, you know, that security of I'm not security. just going to yeah. um, And I think that maybe maybe the club just needed to think about things a bit better. I think this is where the, the club is a bit hit and miss sometimes with its re- retention and recruitment since sort of 2015 you know signing him was it was a it was a really good signing and keeping him for 2022 at the time was the right move but when you consider we've been like letting danny mcguire go because he wanted an extra year if anyone deserved it that extra year danny mcguire <laughs> and um I'm gonna I'm gonna beat Lottie for the mentions of Danny no I'm unfortunately that that's impossible um <laughs> And then a few years down the track to make the exact opposite decision and then have it sort of bite us in the ass. Mm. It just, it's not, it's not nice for Matt Pryor if he did want to stay. And it's just more red tape for the club to get through in terms of recruitment. So I just think we could handle it a bit better. Uh, Sam, Matt Pryor retiring. What did you uh, make of that one? I think the whole thing with how it ended was a bit of a shame because mentioned it there the first two years he came in he was really good he worked hard he probably has one of our standout players and you know when he, he got, signed that, that sorry he got, he got he got the extra two years off the back of his form didn't he and i think everyone yeah, exactly. was like, yeah, he's, he's, yeah and, he's and when he got them two years we were all you know buzzing with it we thought mm. you know he's one of his top forwards and well we were short on forwards anyway so keeping him great because there was a point where we didn't know if we were going to come back because you know, he, he was going to go home after the first year, I think. So, yes, we, you know, we, we felt quite lucky that he did come back, and then to keep him for another two years after that, just brilliant. But I think the shame for him was he was kind of a victim of us not having enough forwards in the end, because I think he had to work that hard. And you know, it was just in twenty twenty one, Alejski. Sorry, twenty twenty Alejski was just becoming the player that he, you know, he is now. Yeah. So we had to do a lot in um, in 2020, mm. and then 2021. Them two, you know, they're, they're really good together as number eight, number ten. Did a, had a lot of good games and it, it worked well. But then just last year, you could tell that Matt Pryor was, 
you know, he was shattered. <laughs> His legs yeah. had gone. He were. I think he aged rather quickly, to be honest. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and he, it's it's difficult to criticise him because the reason, probably the reason that it, he did end up in that physical state, is because we didn't have enough rotation options with him. For you know, we should have known that a player of his age that it, there's always a chance of him quite quickly just hitting a wall and yeah you know dropping off a bit so it, i hit that wall about 3 years ago personally <laughs> yeah it just i retired at 26 so yeah mentally absolutely yeah i've, I've checked out of here <laughs> yeah so it's a, it's a tough one cuz you know he's a good player for us but it it probably probably was the right time for him to go it's yeah, just I hope people remember the first two years rather than that last one because he was a great Me player. Me too, because he was, he was a good great career. career as well, actually, not just with yeah. us. Yeah, really good career. Yeah. Uh, Reece, I think we, we've spoke about Matt Pryor previously. I think we've both um, kind of wanted this to happen. Do you think it was the right thing, Reese? now it's actually happened? Yeah, it's definitely the right thing, and, and I don't want that, me to, that to think that I don't like Matt Pryor, but I think it's the right thing to do in this situation and to stick on what Evan else said. He's been a very good player for us those first two years. Brilliant. He was right at the play of the year and stuff. So, um, But he had started to lose his legs a bit, and I think it's the right decision. And I think Lasone is a good replacement for him. I see Lasone. I don't see Sangre as his replacement. Lasone is his replacement. Oh, Lasone is. Yeah, um, I agree. Who seems to be a bit bigger. Not mm. not in height, but in terms of size, Lasone seems to be a bit bigger than prior. Mm. Um, so it'd be interesting if we're going for a bit more brute force up front as opposed to... Because Pryor had Pryor had a bit more skill in him, didn't he? What on earth is that? <laughs> I'm not. I'm. My it's camera uh, doing work. work. <laughs> I, what's going on here? I don't know. I'm, oh. What was that? Sorry. Someone talking. Someone talking about Michael yeah. McAlor. Michael McAlor is banned from the lot pod. <laughs> the what? What happened? What? I, you started breaking up a load, so I was like, "Crap! I need to do, get close some of my tabs for us to." Um, God, he's got eighteen uh, tabs open. I yeah. literally have thousands of tabs open, so I'm going in and clicking the on them, and, and, and some of them were YouTube. So I thought I'd X them off, and then they just started. It could have been worse. Like, oh, I say they could have <laughs> been a lot worse. Could have been a lot worse. And near miss Cameron. And near miss. We talk about the Sony. We'll move on. We'll move on. Should we talk about the Sony then? So we have signed Sam Lissone from the Titans on a was it a two year deal? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we're all happy with that. In that that kind of pedigree, that kind of quality, especially coming in for Matt Pryor. The most appealing thing, he's a great player, but the biggest appeal for me is that this link that I think he's married or in a relationship oh, no, with Georgia yeah. Hale, um, who is an absolute star, played thirteen for the. Kiwi ferns. Um, so if if it's like a, a two for one deal, it, this is a marketing dream. If it's true, you know, uh, Georgia playing for the ladies' side and Sam playing for the men's side. I mean, she is a superstar, and you can imagine her playing alongside. I know we've lost Winfred Hill now, so that there's a gap in the halves there. So maybe she can drop in from thirteen to half back. But the, a two for one is um completely and it adds up perfectly really kind of the stars have aligned but on on sam lissoni do you think this is the quality sam that um we should be chasing from the nrl 
But he looks like the type of player we've we've needed for a while, doesn't he? He's you know big wrecking ball type who, yeah. from the clips that I've seen, he's got some good ball handling skills and he's going to fit in into our side because I, if you look at our four main props now, you've probably got on one end of it you've got a workhorse like a Ledsky and then Setavano, um, Sangare and then Lasoni. So I, yeah. I think that's quite a good balance of props who are probably some quite similar and also but also quite different in style as well. Mm. Um, so I, I think he's a good fit and he, he's worked with Rowan Smith before. Um, and we Has were, it? Yeah, I think I think I read that when he when he signed. He's, yeah, in his yeah, the Warriors before. Yeah. Oh, of course, yes, carry on, Sonny. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. He knows what he's about, and you know if he fancies in, then get, I'm glad he's here because exactly. Rowan Smith's got a lot of credit in the bank, hasn't he? So oh, loads, tons, tons. Do you agree with that, Cameron? Do you think Lasone is a good signing for the Rhinos? Said Cameron because it broke up a bit again. Um, yeah, Lasone, good player for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think the difficulties we've had um, around Matt Pryor not having enough, you know, forwards. You know, Pryor was signed. It looked like he'd been signed to replace Trent Mirren, but he hadn't. He, the, the plan was always for him to play alongside Trent Mirren. And then when oh, Zane Tatavano about Trent Mirren, yeah, and when Zane Tatavano comes in, he was supposed to come in alongside Pryor, Ava, and Aledsky, but Ava goes back because of, because Ava of the pandemic. Yeah. Pryor nearly did the same. Um, you know, we had to sign King, and King wasn't a bad player, but maybe not at that time. Reese loves King, you know, we, I think he still does. But maybe we needed oh, um, somebody who's you know, a bit more well rounded, you know. So we've sort of played been victim almost to partly to the pandemic and other things where we've not we've always we've always been on the cusp of assembling a really good pack and then. Somebody and then one of them decides to piss off. <laughs> yeah. That's been, been our story since 2019. You know, you add Trent Mirren to the 2020 pack and it's amazing. You add Ava to the 2021 pack and it's brilliant. We've been a bit unlucky in that area. I think bringing in Lissone and Sangare, I think that they're two really exciting pieces of recruitment, especially because Zane Tetovano, I thought, finished the season quite well playing as a prop. Mm. I'm quite happy to see Oledsky and Tet start and bring on Lasoni and Sangare as a bit of like World War Three, you know, a bit like, you know, an impact sub. World which War is a thing. <laughs> For five? <laughs> Have we lost Cameron? Um, oh, no, he's back. I'm here again. It's very annoying this. Um, it's fine. Lissoni is, a, I think he's a really good signing for my YouTube scouting that I've done because I haven't seen him much in the NRL. So a bit like Sam, I've been doing YouTube scouting on him. He does look class. It's all we've got. The proof, <laughs> proof's in the pudding, isn't it? We just have to wait until we get him on the pitch. But on paper, the prop sort of side of things is looking much stronger, which is a nice natural lead into Justin Sangare. I don't know what order you've got them in, Lottie, but I'm just going to do it in my own, my own order now. But yeah, go for it. Justin Sangare. Again, is a really nice compliment. Now, that's someone I did see this year, and I think with a bit more. The World I Cup don't want to say well. professional. Yeah, I don't mm -hmm. want to say professional coaching because I don't want to discredit Toulouse, but just a bit more of a 
better professional setup might help Sangare become unleash Sangare to become a very good player. Because I think I thought... he's bigger than Nisone. I think he'll be the biggest prop of them all. Yeah, I do. In the in the pack. I think there was at least one French game at the World Cup, maybe two, Sam, in which he really, really shone or was shining. And I didn't feel that the French coach utilised him well enough. It looked like he was making a lot of a lot of um, lot of meters, doing a lot of damage. Did you see bits of him at the World Cup, Sam? Yeah, that England game actually. That that was yeah. the one where he came on for was it twenty mm-hmm. minutes and then caused a bit of damage and got taken off. We didn't see him again. Even England fans were saying, you know, what have you not brought him back on? Why they brought him back on? <laughs> yeah, that's when they scored their points, isn't it? But um, yeah, I mean, I'd have liked to see more of him at the World Cup, but as you say, we didn't get a chance to because I didn't put him on. But um, yeah, I think from what we saw of him at Toulouse last year as well, he's he can cause a bit of uh, the damage at Super League level as well. And uh, yeah, I think he looks a good sign. As you say, put him in our in our setup. Hopefully, get his. I think there's some concerns over his his fitness at mm. times. You know how, how much stamina he's got, and mm. uh, I, I think if that can be improved, is you know there's potential to have a, a really good forward on his hands here. Do you think he's? Um, do you think he is a first teamer, Sam, or do you think he's a project signing? Bit of both, maybe. Probably, yeah, probably a bit of both. I think he'll be in the seven team most weeks, as I thought. Yeah, I do. Um, and then. But there is a lot to work with as well because from watching to lose last year, I don't know if this was a, a product of you know them desperately trying to win games or their style. Yeah. There was times where he'd make a bit of a you know a bad decision, offloads in his own twenty, and I think it was just after we announced that we'd signed him. I think did we announce him just before Magic, and then he, he yes played. we did. Yeah, he, he made an offload in that game on on his own twenty went wrong and Wakefield got the ball and I thought it's going to be like having Adam Cuthbertson back this in it you know just hold on to the ball please hold on to the ball I mean Cuthbertson to be fair to him are very good at it but sometimes he just did it when he didn't need it and yeah that's what Sangara is going to have to take out of his game at times but we don't want to take that out completely because you know well we've always liked as it's fine-tuning yeah exactly yeah but as a club we've always liked that that kind of style, aren't we? A bit, bit off the cuff and second phase. Oh, yeah. well, Definitely. You know, if if he can get on top of it and master it, then it looks like a, a great signing for us. Sangare Cameron, what have you made of that signing? A good one, I think. Um, you know, to pick up on. There you go. Wow. Well, is he a project? I think, he, I think he's. No. Oh. It's still in my head in. No, we've lost him. Yeah, we carry, um, carry on? Yeah, we'll carry on. We've lost Bodine Thompson to Bradford Bulls. Clearly, he was just shipped out, um, not given any kind of deal. It did make sense because then we got the quarter spot. I think we all agree with that. We don't have to talk about Bodine Thompson anymore. But one, one signing for Bradford... That did kind of come from left field. I want to say it was Jack Walker. He signed. He left the Rhinos and signed for Bradford on a on a one year deal. Um, did you think that was a big surprise, Reese? Just in that he didn't get a Super League club come in for him. Yeah, I mean he's better than Bradford. 
I mean, it's, it's good for Radcliffe because you know, going to kill that yeah, league. He, if he can stay fit and keep fit, you know, he'll t- he should, with his ability, tear the championship up or at least push Bradford forward to, you know, towards the top half of the table. Um, yeah, but I'm surprised someone like you know, even like Wakefield or or even Lee or someone like that towards the bottom end. Or someone you know, really, really rubbish like Castleford, you know, they'd be crying or, out for Huddersf- someone like or Huddersfield, you know, even just as a backup yeah. of someone like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, so, I mean, it's a great signing for Bradford and I do wish him well and I do hope that he, I do hope that he can keep fit and, and play a full season and show, and show his worth because um, mm. I do think we probably didn't help that as a club. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I am surprised, but I, I would do, I do genuinely hope that he he absolutely nails it. I think he will. I think it, again, it's just he has to play. You know, he has to stay fit. And should he do that for the majority of the, he'll he'll absolutely crush that league. He's, you know, his level when he when he's on the pitch when he's on the field is way above that standard. Would you agree with that, Sam? And, were you surprised, Sam, that he did actually sign, that there were no Super League club and he did have to, not have to, but he did sign for the Bulls? If you'd have asked me before he got injured playing for Hull, I'd have said he'll get a Super League team. Yeah. But because of that injury, I think that was another warning to all the Super League teams about mm. about his fitness. And I think that really put him off because I really thought he'd end up at Wakefield as well. I don't know why, there's nothing... Nothing to base that on. It was just a you know a good thing. It's a good guess, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he is a good player, and you know they, I think they at one point they were just desperate for to get some players in and a bit of quality as well. So um, yeah, I expected him to go there. Didn't obviously didn't happen. He's gone to Bradford, and it's it is surprising. I'd say it's quite a brave move from him because if it doesn't work out, you don't know where you know what happens to him after. It's only a one-year deal, in it? So you don't know what yeah. happens to him after that. Um, but just echoing what you two said, I hope it does work out and I hope he does stay fit because he's a cracking player and, you know, it'd be a shame if he doesn't reach, you know, somewhat of what his potential was when he, he first broke through. And I've, he's hinted a few times that if it goes well at Bradford and, you know, he's looking at coming back to Super League, he's not ruling out a Leeds return, is he? And with... Our fullback situation with Myler's not getting any younger. No. Um, is Myler, I think so. Myler's in his last year. How's he got? Uh, I think he's got two last. He signed like a new deal start two. last season, didn't he? Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, but he's not getting younger, and we don't know how he's going to. We just talk about Matt Pryor. We don't know how Richie Myler's body will hold up. Yeah. Um, who, as I say, Hooley's unproven. So if you can get a fit Jack Walker back at the club that. Let's be honest; he wants to be playing it. Um, you know, who's turning that down? But you know, a, a bit of work for him to do before then. No, I, I do wish him all the best, and I do think that I don't know. I want him to come good. I kind of want him to show us. We've said it loads on this podcast, but I want him to show us what he's made of, what he's got. You, you touched on there. We signed Luke Hooley. I think that was a two-year deal from Batley Bulldogs. Not sure about how much game time. Luke Hooley will get with uh, with Myler being there, unless he gets kind of a spot on the wing, maybe, for a game or two. Leon Ruin, did he sign from two-year deal from Doncaster? I think, yeah. yeah. Another. So, 
there are a few there project signings so clearly Rowan likes to get his hands on younger players and kind of mold them and into his style and his his um his way of playing but there is now with Zach Hardaker leaving us and going to Lee um I don't think Zach leaving us Reese was a shock in that it was only a short-term deal did were you shocked though that he did sign for Lee it was clearly money driven but did it did it shock you that he didn't go to a, a better club I like how you just said better club. <laughs> but um, it makes me laugh because it's further away than Wigan. So his comments about the M62 yeah. just makes it laugh for me. But um, I'm not surprised in, in, in terms of his motivations because a rugby league career is only so long. They don't earn yeah, you know, the majority that, yeah. of the players. Won't, it, earn it, a massive, won't earn a lot of money. So he has to take the best contracts that are available for him. So I, I do not blame him. And, and he's, you know, for. for um, for taking that deal, um, I kind of part of me hope it doesn't go well because I'm, I'm more out of jealousy because I, I thought Zach really improved the side when he came in last year and added a lot. Um, Luke Cooley is quite interesting because um, there was an article about um, Rowan was talking about him the other day saying he's known him since 2016, um, yeah. and he has said that he knows that obviously we're quite well complemented at fullback, so he knows that. Luke's not going to be taking that step up straight away but this is rugby league and there will be injuries so I do suspect that Luke will get a game at some point in the near future um, but I'm I, I would have you would have had even less game time if Zach had stayed yeah would he have even played I don't think he would have done no I, I, I suspect he'd have gone out on loan Cameron are you with us I think so Yes, you're back. Hello. Um, we're just talking about Zach Hardaker. Were you surprised that, not not at him leaving the Rhinos, but at him signing for Lee? Did you expect him to perhaps sign for a, a bigger club? It was an interesting one it, for, for Zach. Mm. I always expected him to go to a Yorkshire club based on what had been previously said. Yeah. Um, do you know, I, don't, <laughs> I was a bit <laughs> just really surprised that he was going to leave. Do you know, I always thought, especially when Jack Walker left, I thought we were in the bag. I think we had a, <laughs> I was texting you about it, wasn't a lot of him. Yeah. I always thought it were a matter of when rather than if. It did, it did feel like around that time with, you know, Dwyer left, Sutcliffe, Sutcliffe left, and then Walker left. It did feel like we were kind of shifting things to squeeze him in didn't it like we were making some space to get Zach in there yeah it just yeah it, did, it exactly felt like that hmm. I mean I remember Richard Silverwood tweeted after Jake Connor moved to Huddersfield questioning how does how can Huddersfield fit Jake Connor in and hmm. Leeds can't find the space for Zach Hardick and you listed okay. you know you've listed a lot of players there top players who've left the club and you'd expect that to create the salary cap space required to bring Zach. I think another major thing, and I will not have a go at the club for this at all, is that we only offered him a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Lee offered him two. You know, yeah. and, he like, yeah, and he felt like he, you know, he'd shown, and his performances on the field certainly probably did warrant a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. But when 
when you've been in the position that Leeds have been in with the past and seen him you know have have had to move him on from a multi-year deal before it's expired back when we let him go to Cass in 2017 you know the club's not going to take that risk I don't think and I'm not I won't you know expect them to mm. if they only want to give him a one year deal that's fine and Zach's at the end of his career he's not at the start you know it's not like giving Harry Newman a new deal to 2027 like some people thought we did today. <laughs> Rhino's faithful fell for that one, I think. You you would have to throw a lot of money at me to wear that lead kit. <laughs> they've changed it now. Oh, they're changing, yeah, they're, change, they're changing it all the time, aren't they? Because they keep thinking, they keep putting a Jaguar on it instead of a bloody leopard, don't they? <laughs> I think? still I, I still think I still think it's trolling me. I, it has to. It be. can't be because they've been seen in training kit. We're going to have a tangent. Know, yeah, I know. I know it's gone quite far. And it's quite drawn out, but I, I don't know. I still think but, that is, yeah. There must be a like a kit allowance in there for Zach Hardacre saying that we'll offer you this money to be as a player, but we'll also offer you this money because as a, almost like as a as an apology for having to. I'm wear really this kit. sorry, but you're going to have to wear this. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <clears throat> we talk about Lee too much on this thing. So Zach Hardacre has left. Bodine Thompson left. Quarter spot. Enormous gap at centre. The biggest rumour, I don't think it's been confirmed yet, is Nene McDonald from yeah. Lee. Um, Sam, do you think that's the standard we need? Because to me, like Cameron said, like we've all said, Hardacre was awesome, you know, in that short period of time for Leeds. And I think we need something similar there. Do you think Nene McDonald, don't know how much you know about him, but do you think that's the kind of standard that that we need in there? Or do you think we need something perhaps... I'm, I'm not sure he's at, at Hardacre's level as a centre, mm. uh, especially defensively. Yeah. Attacking-wise, you know, he might be a bit, even a bit better based on what he did for Lee last year and what you know bits I've seen from him in, in NRL. He looks attack-wise, he's absolutely fine, but mm. there is questions over his defence, and I think the defence is mostly what got Hardacre the praise last year, isn't it? Because yeah. he was just solid uh, on that edge. So. Um, I but again he's work, he's worked with uh, Rowan Smith hasn't he? he has yes yes again if if Rowan Smith likes him he's probably a good player so you know I'd be of all the people we've been linked with uh, I'm more than happy for McDonald to come in and he's well put it this way we don't actually have two centers at the two senior centers at the moment do we so it's, it's better than what we've got and it's certainly better than putting Reese Martin there for a second there, I thought you were going to say me uh, going at centre, and you were right. It, it would not. Nenna McDonald would certainly be a better option than me at centre. That might have um, to be the next Twitter poll. Is Reese better than Nenna McDonald? <laughs> <laughs> Reese or Nenna McDonald to play at centre, um, and then probably include Reese Martin in that poll as well. But I, I think it's the Nenna. If it does come up, it's been reported on by Matt Shaw. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. It's just the club not. I, I do wonder if the club are just trying to find someone else just in case. Or that's my next about, question. That, oh, my Gary Hevington will be down the down low. Where are you trying to find somebody? Because all this stuff about salary cap, I know Cameron, you mentioned it. I reckon it's bollocks. I reckon it's Gary Hevington just playing everyone a game yeah. of silly buggers. Because that's yeah. and um, but I reckon we have more cap space than we actually have out there. Yeah. But if it, if we do get any, in fact, whoever we sign, I think a two year deal is best because I don't know if you've seen the pictures of Max Simpson that came out earlier. Black yeah. kids put some right timber on. 
he's he's gone from actually looking from a child to an actual he looks adult like first yeah, team rugby player. That's now. a really good point. Yeah, and I like the comment somebody left on that. Uh, I don't know who it was, but they just said, "Has somebody locked uh, Max Simpson in a gym for the last?" I think three it was months. John Winter. I think. Don't it, it? Yeah, but it, it, you know, a two-year deal for a good so centre, allowing time for Max and Levi to come through and develop, and then they take one of those centre spots is the right thing for me. So whether it's Nene, when it's an, another experienced centre, you know. Throw, throw the book at Herbie Farmer if you really, really want to. I don't care. But, you know, I just think we need a, a two-year deal person. I, and I just wonder whether there's someone else out there that Mr. Gary Harrington is uh, talking to. The longer any signing kind of... When the, when there's a, the initial rumour and then it kind of snowballs and becomes more... And, it get, you know, the, the same name keeps getting mentioned with Leeds, like, like as with Nene McDonald. And the longer the period of time that passes that we haven't confirmed it even if people like Matt Sean Rugby League Live and Aaron Bauer or whoever have kind of said look this is happening the longer the t- period of time stretches out I'm I'm of the same line of thinking or recent that I just think we're, we're kind of saying right we know they're available but is anything better you know we're kind of looking around to say we don't want to just pull the trigger on this just yet because we're, we're kind of hoping that because you never know, because it's only really when the NRL come back, and I think a couple of clubs are back now in the NRL, that they start to slice their squads and players, you know, realise that they don't have a chance this year or they need to find a new club. And, you know, there's always something that happens. So, well, there's over just... 100 players on what they call training trial contracts in the NRL. Yeah. You know, and not all of them will get a proper go in the NRL this year. So some of them will be looking for a club. And some of there's some pretty decent names, you know, on those tra- training trial contracts. So, I, and I agree with you insofar as the longer when something like this goes on, I feel like every day it sort of becomes less and less likely. And I'll caveat that with saying I don't think the club were ever going to announce his signing during the seven and seven challenge, and I don't think oh, the club no was way, ever yeah. going to sign mm-hmm. announce his signing when twi- when their Twitter page were down because. You know, Twitter's such a big tool for clubs. Yeah. Um, but that said, you know, I fully expected it to be this week. And when Twitter went down, I fully expected it to be sort of Thursday. You know, as soon yeah, as Twitter came back, up, like, here's Nene McDonald. Yeah, and that's that's probably what if it were if it were signed, sealed, and delivered, which I don't think it fully is. I think it's you know you you'll hear it's close. If it was signed, sealed, and delivered, that's what I'd have done. I'd have, you know, Twitter's back and here's Nene McDonald. Yeah. Yeah, but, agreed. I suppose what I'm trying to say is I think we're signing Tommy Turbo. That's kind of where I'm at. Mitchell. Has gone. Probably shouldn't have done that, done that then. Anyway. Sammy Sarah He's available. I thought he'd signed for someone. Has he? No. No, not yet. Anyway. Dean Barry as the other Catalan centre. He's gone to the Elite One Championship. We have signed Daryl Alferts. Does anyone think it has been flirted with and kind of mentioned in little interviews and in passing about his ability to play centre? Reese, do you think that's the club kind of putting it into the, the minds of the fans to say, look, don't be shocked if um, Daryl Alferts turns up playing at centre? Come Don't be shocked if we if we have a winger 
that is really good at playing on the wing, yet we're going to play him at centre anyway. Because we've we've got because we've never done that before. Um, Tom Briscoe, uh, bless Tom him. Um, it could be them setting it up as a, if they don't find someone, I if they don't get so. something over the line. Yeah. Um, I'm pleased that uh, my original concern with Daryl Alfords was it was a three-year deal and he's 31. Yeah. I thought that is just a bit too long. We're talking about giving con- some bad poor decisions early in terms of contract lengths. Sometimes not long enough, sometimes too long. That felt in the too long category. This is two years now, I think, isn't it? So I think that's better. But if to be fair to Daryl Alfords, he was second. He had the second highest amount of carries in Super League this year, just behind Ash Hanley. He had the third highest meters. Again, behind Ash Hanley and Jai Field. He had the most tackle bus um, out of anyone in the league this year um, with 131. So, as from a stats-wise, he had a pretty damn good season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, his if you got him... I think he wanted like six, his try score, he wanted like six in that as well. He won. He won yeah, he got, 18, he got 18 tries, yeah, yeah. Uh, which was... Uh, seventh, yeah, he was seventh in the try scoring charts. Same as exact same amount of tries as Ash Hanley. Yeah, if you're bringing that in as, I mean, if we do get the centre in, and you're bringing him in as your third choice winger, not bad. You're doing it all right, it's all right. <laughs> We've also got to contend the fact that Fussy Tua could only do about four games max in a row. And I literally, you literally took the words out of my mouth once again. We're just so same wavelength in sync. Fussy two, yeah, they might against Fussy two up, but his offers will be starting up wing. Majority, you do it. It just will. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's definitely gonna happen. You know, that's. I mean, I can't remember someone, one of our regulars on the pod is kind. Of, I think it's Duncan, who's kind of adamant that he won't be coming back. You know, it's all mental, and he don't enjoy it here, and he uh, he'll be staying out in a uh, in Oz or whatever he is now. I'd be very surprised just because of the way that we've balanced our quarter spots so far. Yeah. I'd be surprised. But then again, look, he, he has struggled. But he's not just struggled because it's in England. He's struggled because he's been getting injuries ever since 2018. Do you know that's. He should be a top NRL right winger right now. Mm-hmm. And because he just couldn't stay fit, he ain't. <laughs> that's, the, that's the main reason. He's not even a top why. Super League winger. <laughs> no, based on based on his sort of, I mean, obviously when he played, he played really well, but he didn't play enough games. Yeah, to, in 2018, was it top scorer? Yeah, 2018, no. he was the NRL's top trot scorer yeah, on awesome. the back of a brilliant World Cup for Tonga. So he's yeah. got if Fussy Tua can stay fit and performs, that back the back line looks, you know, just if you fill that centre role, it looks incredibly dangerous. It, that is a a title challenging side well, if Fussy Tua is fit. I think it's the title challenging side, regardless. Oh, yeah, but you always you're in delusional <laughs> land all the time. Uh, I thought it would come down in the off season a bit, but it's probably going to go up. No, it's actually, gone higher. It? It's going to go higher. Yeah, <laughs> we have signed a centre though. We're talking about signing a centre. We have signed a centre. We have Welsh as well. Yeah. Oh, hang on. That's the well, only time I've been able to do this today because Wales are rubbish at the moment. But yeah, we have a Welsh international in the Rhino squad now. Absolutely yeah. lovely lad. Um, oh. Signed from Lee. Yeah, Lee. Mm-hmm. I, I I heard of the great van. He actually left because he got asked to wear the leopard kit. Yeah, that's what I heard too. He said, "I'm not fucking wearing that thing. I'll go sign for Leeds." What's he called? I said his name. Louis uh, Roberts. Lewis Roberts. 
<clears throat> he had a decent World Cup for Wales. I think it's another two-year deal, along with Toby Warren, James McDonnell, a lot of young British prospects, projects for Rowan to kind of utilise there. And I think in terms of our full squad depth now, I think we'll all we'll all agree we're only really missing a centre now. You know, if we can get bring a centre in, like I'm research. a little worried about the halves. Yeah, I'm yeah. worried. I'm extremely worried about the halves, only in that for 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 next for 2024, because these are both off contracts mm. in 20 at the, at the end of 2023, and I just hope that the club are working now on getting at least one half, if not two, if they're both leaving for 2024. That that's that's a much bigger issue. But do you not think, Cameron, that we're going to see a little bit more of Jack Sinfield? This year, I, I think we'll see him a bit more, but he's still—he's only—he's only just turned eighteen, hasn't he? Yeah. So, but if mean, he's please... looking like Max Simpson, if he's been on that Max Simpson <laughs> program, I think it's a little bit like Terminator for a centre to come through and play Super League mm. in your teenage years. For an halfback, you're right in the thick of it. You know, people are really going to target you as an half. Yeah, um, I do want to see him play a few more games. It's just. You know, one of them gets injured. It's it's either it's Simfield, Johnson, or Leeming, or Myler. But that, you know, Leeming. If you're moving Leeming or Myler there, you're obviously having to shuffle other people around into different positions. Yeah, I won't be surprised though for us to continue this conveyor belt of experienced halfbacks on short-term deals whilst you're recruiting the likes of Jackson Field because there's the other kid um, who yeah. went to. He went to my school, so he must be a very, very good rugby player because he went to the school that I went to. What school did you um, go to? Grove. Um, but the Fergus McCormack that, and he's already yeah. on a full-time contract at the age of sixteen, so yeah. they must that rate him like very Fergus high. McCormack, that's a proper cheeky. It's a proper good name, Scottish isn't name, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think that's the way to go. Um, I hope he's got a mullet time as well. You know, experienced halfbacks who can sort of show the way and open the door for Sinfield plus one over, and it seems like this other lad will maybe will be the sort of the other. And I think I do think that's the way to go. There's no point panicking. I think you, I've said this when Rowan got appointed. It's too late. I'm panicking. <laughs> the, 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 there's, um, you know, I, I never expected us, and I'm still not that, you know, obsessed with us winning a grand final next year or the year after. It's we are winning it. It's 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 a long term project. Is is what what Rowan has done, and that most yes. of the signings speak to that. You know, it's it's a long term thing. So having two experienced halfback, you know, to me they are just up to open the door and impart experience to Simfield and to any other young halves at the club. I just thought we've got some young halves to come in and step in over the. Uh, before, before, before we move into the next section, se- section, go to the word then. Sa- who's your favourite signing so far, Sam? Out of all those. Oh, um, probably Lasoni. Cameron? Sangare for me. I didn't get to talk about him earlier because I bloody broke up. But I You're think... doing your Norman Collier? <laughs> I, 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 um... He laughs, but he doesn't know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think any of you do. You're all too young. <laughs> this, think... is, this is Lot Pod's crash. Uh, <laughs> it is tonight, yeah. <laughs> I agree, Cameron, though. I, I think I've... I'm... 
I mean, I'm more, I'm more excited about Sangre because I think I've seen him play than Masone. I actually think the best signing of the season, though, is Cam Smith saying that he's going to grow a mullet. So, <laughs> I know. I know. So, I don't know. Who's your who's your favourite signing out of them lot so far, Lottie? <clears throat> Lissone. I just think that, you know, although I did say this when we signed Tevano, but I think that's the pedigree. That's the kind of, you know, the kind of quality that you... I'm obsessed, as everyone knows, I'm obsessed with quarter spots and like not wasting them like a Bodine Thompson or someone like that. You know, I think He's... you only get so many, and having someone like Lissone, that that type of level. I know Tavano kind of failed somewhat, but I think um, that's the you've got to have a chance if you get someone you know of that kind of quality. Who was yours, Reese? Have you said yours? Yeah, just angry. I think I think Lissone sticks out like a sore thumb amongst the other signings because he's the only he's the only NRL signing which you know compared to some of the other seasons where we sort of gone and raided the NRL you know to see just one one NRL player it it, it kind of feels a bit I don't not not underwhelming it's just a bit different like it's a different kind of excitement around all the other signings James McDonald is a is a signing that I'm really excited about because I think he's got the tools to be a really good forward moving forward no, forward moving forward wow. um, and um, so he do, to me Lissone stands out because he's the only sort of established player he's the big NRL signing amongst a lot of signings that speak to the wider pro- project he's the signing for now and Nene McDonald will probably fit that bill now whereas yeah. a lot of the other signings are signings for the future they'll still play a role now I like Sangari will play a role now but we we can craft him into the next Lasoni. Exactly, exactly. So that's the squad or recruitment for twenty twenty three covered. Um, just as we kind of were coming on air to record this uh, off season special, we got some incredibly sad news regarding the passing of Doddy Weir. Um, <clears throat> incredibly sad, Reese that. He's, he's lost his battle with MND. Uh, an awful, awful bit of news just before we came on air there. Yeah, it was. And I was thinking about what to say actually today and then and this about Doddy. <laughs> but then in true leadership fashion, Kevin Sinfield's uh, released a statement in the last sort of 20, 30 minutes. And I think he puts it perfectly. And he said that Doddy was a giant as a player, but his campaigning following his MND diagnosis made him colossus. Doddy was able to give Rob the greatest gift of hope. He's been like a big brother to all of us since that day, and he will always be a champion. And Kev being the leader he is, I think that just sums Doddy up perfectly. Um, if people don't know Doddy as a player as much, one of my favourite clips of Doddy is on the British Lions tour about the uh, mistaken identity. So go have a, a listen to that video because it's quite funny because uh, it's in a in a court, you know, when they do the court, the rugby courts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's been accused of being out after curfew, uh, and it's a really, really good, really good clip. But yeah, it's it's really, really sad. You know, Doddy led the from the front from the M and D foundation did. from the start, yes. and was one of the first people to support Rob when when he had his diagnosis. He well. was there instantly to kind of put his arm around Rob and kind of, like Kev said so perfectly as always, just kind of support Rob in every way he can. Yeah, incredibly, incredibly sad news. And uh, yeah, do rest in peace, Doddy. It's, um, Really sad to see you. You've lost your battle with MND. On to continuing our 
look forward to 2023. We have, of course, got the new home and away kits. Um, we will get, we will start, sorry, with the home kit, which Reese has very kindly just popped up onto the stream for everybody watching on, on YouTube and Twitter now. Um, I'll start with you, Reese. Um, it's a new home kit. It's a bit of a darker blue with an amber trim and a white middle section across. What 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 were your first impressions when you saw this, race? I'm going to sound like a really old man, but it's not blue and amber. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I also thought it looked like the North Queensland Cowboys. It does look very, very cowboy-y. I agree with that. Um, I actually really like it as a shirt. Me too. As a, as a genuine sport team jersey, I really, really like it. Mm. I'm not sure I like it as a these Rounders home shirt, but I really, oh. really like it. Right. So there's, I've got like kind of two views on it from that perspective. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I love last season's home shirt though for me. What do you be, think? Yeah, that was going to be my next the, coming out of my mouth. That 2022 shirt from Auction will never be beaten for, as yeah. a home shirt because it was gorgeous. What did you make of this? new home shirt sam I, I really like it and you know i like i like it when they they change things up and yeah yeah don't, don't get me wrong the classic the traditional stuff it's always mm. going to be favorite and it, you know it's what the club's history is based on and all that but you can't do the same thing every year can you no. and the the problem that i <laughs> i tweeted this on the day the kit they came uh, came out actually because it i hate kit launch day because it just brings out the same comments every single year. Yes. Yeah. It winds me up. <laughs> just, if you don't like it, fair enough, but you don't need to leave the same comments every year. And no, it doesn't look like a training kit. No, it doesn't. It, do you know what? Maybe it is the same design as somebody else has had, but there's only a certain amount of things you can do. Of course <laughs> the rugby kit. Of course there is. Yeah, I mean, so, <clears throat> yeah go on, sorry. The, the, the problem for Oxen is... If they change it, they're going to get the compliance that it's not traditional. But if they don't yeah. change it, they're going to get the compliance that it's the same as every other year. So I feel sorry for him. I think they've done a good job. I like it. <laughs> Do you think, think they'll wear it with white shorts or the dark, dark, or dark white shorts? White shorts, I think. White, white shorts. shorts. Yeah, they are white. I think that Sam touched on a good point there in that with any sports team and, and their home colours, you're kind of trapped in, you know, a traditional look. And I do think that sometimes designers, the sponsors like Oxen, they have to kind of twist it just so you appreciate the traditional colours. So, for instance, last year's 2022 home kit, I do not think Oxen will get will produce a better shirt than that. It was perfect. You know, the subtle hint to Rob, the colours, it was amazing. So that was their traditional version. Yeah, Reese is holding it up now for our YouTube viewers. It's my signed one. That was their traditional uh, version of, of our kit. And I do think that they, they kind of twist it and release this new one, the 2023 shirt, and kind of try and hold on to some tradition. So then next year, I can guarantee that our 2024 home shirt, sorry, will look very traditional because then you get the fans saying, Oh wow, that's it. That's better. Whereas Sam hit the nail on the head. If they'd have done something similar to the 2022 home shirt, it's the same comments like Sam says. People say 
it's just the same as 2022. So you have to kind of twist it. And I think they do that. So you appreciate the traditional look when they go back to it. Cameron, do you like this new home shirt? I do. I mean, I got a bit of an interesting relationship with it because I think I liked it a lot more when it was first released. You've not been snogging it, have you? No. <laughs> I like. He's got. I he like puts it on a special bear that he hugs at night. Yeah, definitely. Get, I give it my WWE title belt. No, I'm going to say he hugs his WWE title in bed at night, and he's he's right to do so. I do see him. Yeah, definitely. But I think I liked it a lot more when it was first launched. I mean, I still like it, but maybe a little bit. Not as much as I initially did. But I think going back to the point that we've just made, to me, kits like this sum up why Super League, I think, has like some of the, the best kit designers on the planet. Because, you know, we talk about home shirts. You think about in football. Manchester United, Liverpool, Leeds United. Oh, Arsenal. God, he's mentioned them again. That's the second time he's come on this podcast do. and mentioned them. But they all have essentially exactly the same shirt every year with a tiny little difference every season. Whereas in Super League, you get Leeds doing something like this every now and again. You get Warrington wearing a white arm kit next year. In 2007, we wore a white arm kit. Yeah, we did. You know, it's, I think it's it's good that, you know, in, in Super League, we have kit designers who are willing to do things a bit mm. different. Try something new. Yeah, and let's not forget, we've won two grand finals in really dark blue shirts, 2007 and 2012. 2012. Mm -hmm. So, we're a bit different as well. That had a section on it that were darker, didn't it? 2015. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I did like that. Did like that one. So, Cameron, what would you rate this home shirt out of 10? Strong, oh, I was going to say 7, but I'll give it an 8. You can't Sam? use 7. 7 sitting on the fence. <laughs> Hence. Told you. This t I'll bring it back to a TED talk. You can't use seven. I'll go. I'll go seven point five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that a sitting on the fence? <laughs> it's yeah. a. It is a nice shirt. It's not yeah. going to be a classic, but it's a nice shirt, and I think that's. It'll be a bloody classic if we win grand final in it. We are going to win it. Reese, <clears throat> six. Really? Uh, ooh. That's low. If, if it, I, 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 I really like the jersey. I just don't like it as a Leeds Rhinos jersey, but I'd I like the jersey, which is I, just, I know it sounds daft, but sorry. I think I'm for gonna... me, a big, a, big, a big thing for me on how any kit looks is how, how it looks when I'm watching Leeds playing it. And I don't, I think watching us play in New Zealand with them big, massive yellow numbers on the back has soured me a little bit. I yeah, don't think that looked that very look smart. Stupid. Yeah. Whereas when I think back to last season and watching us playing that that kit, mm. you know, that looked really smart. Every time we took to the field, it looked brilliant. So mm. my Good. my view on it will maybe slightly change when I see it in Super League with the proper Super League standard numbers, you know, and the tight fit, you know, the proper the proper material, and not against the. I mean, whose idea was that? A really dark blue shirt against a black. Kiwi shirt. I mean, <laughs> I give it a nine out of ten. I Ooh, really like it. I do. I really like it. On to the 2023 away shirt. Um, this to me, I haven't seen it in person yet, but it just looks like the last year's pink kit, but blue. Does anyone agree with that? <laughs> I can see it. It's just it's same. the same colours as the away kit, but they've obviously because mm. last year's is more prominent than the silver. And we had these little elements of the turquoise in there, didn't we? 
Mm. So, sorry, Sam, I know you see that like people complaining about kits. It happens every year. Here um, we are. <laughs> I, I don't like this one. He picked the wrong podcast to be on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't no, like I, I don't. I got to have my rant about it. I'm happy now. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I remember it, seeing you tweeting going, yeah, I get that. It's the, it's the same silver and blue as that Awake It from last year, very similar. Yeah. I, it's not... I, again, it's probably because in my own head, I really wanted a white kit. Yeah. I think, just as an, as a, an aside, I think there'll be a white Rob shirt this year. Possibly. I hope there is. I think There'll definitely be a Rob shirt, but I think that'll be, be white. What what would you um rate this at? Uh, 10, Reese. 4. Really? That high? Sam, do you, do you like this one? Would you give it out of 10? Um, I like it. It's just a, it's an alright shirt, isn't it? There's not particularly special about it. It's just a... I think, a I agree with that. I think it's very yeah. forgettable already. Yeah, do you know what? When they first launched it and I saw the videos and stuff, I thought, oh, that's nice. But now I'm, I'm looking at this picture now, I think it's just a blue shirt, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so forgettable. Yeah, what do you give it? 6. I'll give it 6. 6. Right. Cameron, do you like this shirt? What would you give it out of 10? I think it's better once you buy it. I got it for my birthday the other day. Oh. And I and I wasn't overly keen. I literally only said, oh, buy me that because I couldn't think of what else to to ask for for my birthday. So I got, so I got it. And I'm like, actually, this, this looks a lot better in person than it does in any of the sort of promotional videos and pictures that I've seen. Sometimes that does happen, doesn't it? Like you, you, you kind of see it in the flesh and you're like, wow. It looks really nice. I think what bugs me is it's just another blue kit. Like, it just means that we're going to have to produce another kit. Do you know, last oh, year yeah. we had four, four, four shirts and we had, you know, we had a third kit, which is a very football thing to do. And I think we're just going to have third kits now. Yeah, you we're going to have, have a third kit and a Rob kit, definitely. I've no problem with, like, a one-off Rob Burrow kit. I think that's brilliant. Mm. But it's just like... The idea that we have to we have to create a third shirt now, we, like we are obligated to, because we can't go play Wakefield in our home kit or our away kit, because their home kit is dark blue, then light blue, then dark blue, then light blue. Like so on Wakefield, they've nailed their kits. This oh, year. Wakefield! Wakefield have released the best Leeds kit for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> Wakefield have released the best Leeds shirt this year. This year. It is a lovely shirt. It's gorgeous. It's hilarious. It's eleven shirt, isn't it? Yeah, it's gorgeous. Their away shirt is a better Wakefield shirt than their own shirt. Than their own shirt. I can't remember who designed it, but they've got that really wrong. Really, really wrong. We asked on Twitter for um, our listeners, our viewers, to rate both these shirts out of 10. Uh, JS says, 7 out of 10 for the home, 5 out of 10 for the away. Chris Chapman says 7.5 out of 10 for the home, 7 out of 10 for the away. Phil says home kit A, away kit 7. Quite um, quite high scores for the away for me. Steve Smith says home shirt 5, away shirt 7. Neil Scarlett says home, sh- home shirt 6, away 0. It's awful. And Matthew yes, Clough says... Home shirt 8.5, but away 2.5. So quite contrasting views on the away there. The home tends to be quite mid-range, but yeah, the away is getting a lot of love. Um, What are we doing next? I've completely forgot. (laughs) Squad thoughts. (coughs) Sorry? Squad thoughts and predictions. 
Squad thoughts in Hall then, Reese. Uh, I think I think we're in a good place. I genuinely think we're a good place. I'm mm -hmm. excited to see some of these youngsters. It's an interesting strategy of picking these players that Rowan knows, especially from the lower leagues and the yes. younger players. I'm really, I'm really interested in that um, and see how that how that comes to fruition. I think the. One concern we had this year was the props. I think we're much better at prop. One player we forgot to mention at all was Tom Holroyd. So yeah. we've still got him in addition to Sangare and Tevano and Ledsky and Lissone. So the pack is looking really strong. The I reckon we probably got one of the best sort of a back three of the forwards, second rows and, and loose. You, in, in second row, how much depth have we got in Gannon, Martin, Bentley, James McDonald, you know, and then obviously Cameron Loose. Liam yeah, Ruin, you know, Toby Warren potentially. If Toby it, you, Warren. Know, you know, the depth that's in there is really, really good. Um, so I think if we could just nail this centre, I, I generally think we... Are we stronger than last year? That's hard I'm to probably say. Gonna, I, that's... I, I'm not gonna, I'm, it's quite a hard question to answer. I think you're right. Um, Simply because of Hardick and, and the centre conundrum yeah. we currently have. Yeah. It's a if we get the centre, I think we're in a better position than we were last year. And and therefore we'll be predicting a top four finish. Cameron, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm not full of expectation for 2023. If I'm honest, mm -hmm. um, but that, that part of that is because I've stopped. I've actively stopped heaping expectation on us for the reasons that I outlined earlier. Insofar as a long term project, this um, I do think our squad. Is, is not far off the level that it was at its best last year, which was when we had Zach. I think how good we are in terms of how good our squad is in terms of its depth is very dependent on Luke Cooley because we've gone from having Zach Ardaker and Jack Walker as backup fullbacks to Luke Cooley. Now, Luke Cooley, I think, has the capacity to be one of the finds of the season. I think he, he, he could end up, when he does play, being a really good player to watch. In Super League, I think yeah. he's got all the all the right assets to be, a, you know, a really exciting player to watch. But also, it might take him some time to acclimatize. So, you know, him being that good of a player might not come for a while. And then he's obviously a drop off on Zach if that is the case. The center thing obviously gives me some some doubts. I agree, mm. the pack's probably stronger. I think we're just, Definitely. in my opinion, we're, we're we're in a similar place to where we were twelve months ago. But I caveat that by saying this squad has now got more potential for the future. I was talking to a, a friend of mine who, who, who wasn't that enamoured by the signings that we've made and said, yeah, but by making these signings, we've given ourselves greater potential for the future. Mm. So, you know, there's, and compared to this season to last season, last season didn't have the same level of potential. It had a very similar level of quality in it overall. But this season, you look at that squad and you're going, right, we've got this season, we'll be quite good. But then in the years to come, if the guys develop that we sign, we'll get better. Yeah. we're just going to get better and add the young players that we've already seen um, make their debuts in the last few years. And some who haven't, because there are some pretty decent young lads mm -hmm. knocking around in the academy. We're going to get better and better and better. Which, again, is why I'm not putting that much expectation on next year. I think we can finish in the top four. I think we mm. should finish in the top four based on how Rowan Smith had us playing last year. And he, for me, is the most important person at this club. He's the best person at this club. You talk about best in class. He's one of the best coaches in the Super League, if not the best, in my opinion, based on what I've seen so far. He's the most important person. And as long as we have him, 
I feel quite and confident. we trust in him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's 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 the key for me. I trust. I do I trust agree. him um, of where of this journey that we're we're going. And last year, you know, by getting to the grand final, I think we sort of skewed in the eyes of some people. We maybe skewed things, maybe making people think when we're right knocking on the door for the title. I, just, I think we'll get closer to the title this year. I'm not going to say we're going to win it because genuinely, I will. Don't think we will. But I do. <laughs> but do you know, overall, we'll start moving in that direction. Sam. Yeah, well, I don't want to go over pretty much all the points you've just made, but the position that uh, is interesting to me is hooker. Because obviously yes. Dwyer's got... boy, Jared there. Yeah, well, he's got the 14 shirt. Cause he's taking his number, hasn't he? Yeah. See yeah. you later, Brad. Thanks very yeah. much. Jump straight in there, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but back end of last season, even when Leeman were fit, he wasn't starting, was he? So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if that was just a fitness thing or if... Uh, Rowan thinks maybe he's not a, a starting hooker and he mm-hmm. wants O'Connor to you know, start games give us a solid base to build on and then bring Lehman into it and then there's also Johnson yeah. who needs to be introduced into it somewhere mm-hmm. um, so I think that's actually throughout the season there's probably going to be quite a lot of movement and experimenting yeah. with that development there, yeah. position so that's the one that not not a lot of people are kind of focused on that with, because of the centre thing, but I think there is actually quite a an interesting dynamic with it. There is. I think it's also it can work nicely for us tactically as well. If we're against the team where you know, like a St. Ellen's for instance, where we need to be really strong down the middle defensively, I think Jared O'Connor is you know will start those games. I think if we're a, a team where against a team where we need to be expansive from the off and really stretch them. Which I suppose you could say about against St. Ellen's as well. But you you get my idea. You know, you start leaning and I think that's a really good place to be. Having different options tactically. Hmm. I think being without Brad Dwyer as well though, because I know back end of last year he left out the 17 completely. And as soon as Smith came in, he was kind of out of favour, wasn't he? But yeah. when he did, actually a lot of the games we won, was because of the kind of chaos that he provided. And th- like, yeah. field at home, when Blake Austin scored that try, that's because Dwyer went one way that nobody else were expecting it, opened up a gap that shouldn't have opened up, really. Shouldn't have been there. And same at Catalan away when we made that comeback. That was mm-hmm. Brad Dwyer. Him again. Just flinging a ball and it, it pays off. And I think we, we got a lot more from him than last season than I think he probably got credit for because he mm-hmm. was clearly out of favour. But he was still doing a lot when he when he did play, so we not that we relied on him, but um, you know he helped out a lot last season. So it'll be interesting to see if we can, you know, still still get those results in the tight games when we're playing to more of a, a structure and Dwyer's not there to inject that pace and mm. as I say a bit of chaos. I think mm. for me, it's almost important that we move away from the Brad Dwyer thing because, to me, he's sort of like a luxury player. I think I've said this in the past as well. And so was Comrade Oral. You know, you think about what, in 2019 when things were really bad, the only way we'd get a win is either give it to Comrade Oral or he does something or Brad Dwyer runs out dummy half and OP does something. Jesus Christ, what a shocking year that was. If, if you want to be <laughs> successful, it's How funny, lucky like, were we? 
<laughs> yeah, we were. Conrad Harold, save us. Brad Dwyer, save us. I think it's funny because I think a successful team can afford to have a Conrad Hurrell and a Brad Dwyer as their added extra weapon. But to get to that place in the first place, you almost have to sacrifice those weapons and build a style of play and an identity that doesn't require on you having these sort of... They're like trick plays to me. You know, Brad Dwyer was a trick play. He was the ace up the sleeve. To me, you have to prioritise building an identity and a, a skeleton. And then a few years' time, you know, you can afford to have these dynamic, out-the-box players thrust back into things. Yeah. An example yeah. would be Castleford, for instance, with Rangi Chase. Rangi Chase was supposedly their best player for so long. And then he left the club. And they were actually better without him mm-hmm. because they started building an identity. It was after Rangi Chase left that they got to the Challenge Cup final in 2014. It was, it went back, they got to the grand final and finished top. Do you know, it was after he left that those... Those two finals ended things. well for them. Oh, yeah, real. <laughs> <laughs> two lead wins. We also asked on Twitter for your thoughts, for listeners, for viewers. JS says, I expect it isn't over. Wasn't sure about a few of our signings, but I'm going to trust the process. Chris Chapman says, I'm generally pleased with the recruitment. Some are for the present, some are for the future. The incoming number four needs to be quality. A quality first choice, though, in Rowan we trust. Phil says, I'm happy with the recruitment. We seem to be going for youth. I'll be even happier if we do end up signing Nene McDonald. Steve Smith says, happy with the recruitment. More than happy with what has departed. Good point. Neil Scarlett says, I'm intrigued. There's been lots of new faces. It's still a work in progress, but there is some room for some experience and quality. And Matthew Clough says, the majority of the recruits will need a season at least for us to see if they are good enough. We need a frontline centre with quality. So that's kind of our squad review, kit review, Leeds Rhinos review. Not review, pre-season update thing sorted. We do have a mini mailbag. Got three questions um, that have been sent in over the World Cup podcast. I thought I'd swallow them up and we can spew a little mini mailbag out now. The first one's for me and Reese. So Sam and Cameron will have to pin their ears back a moment. Sorry, lads. Um, I can't remember or if there was a name put to this question, so do forgive me because I forgot to write it down. Me and my friends have been considering starting a podcast for ages now. What advice would you and Reese give to someone considering starting a podcast i my advice is i was what's microphone then um don't want the microphone yeah don't want the microphone that's my first bit of advice uh, <laughs> is i was umming and ahhing off the back of starting the lot 17a twitter account about making a podcast for ages and eventually my wife just said just can do it because I can't listen to you anymore. So please just do it. So I was like, what? She said, you need to go now and do whatever you need to do. Just go and do it. And I only, at the time, I only had a headset, literally like a PS4 headset and my phone. And I just plugged it in, wrote loads of notes down, found out how to host it, etc. And I don't know if anyone can remember those god-awful first ever lock pods where it was just me rambling on and on and on. 
But Harriet were right. I just had to do it because I thought if I release it, then I've started something. I have to keep up with it. And, you know, it's just evolved into what it is now. And it's, it's been great. But my advice would be to start it, whatever it is, and, and kind of continue it. Because it takes time to, like, build your audience. So if you've done 10 podcasts, don't be disheartened that, you know, you perhaps don't have the numbers that you expected. It takes time to kind of, for your audience to snowball. And I didn't realize, perhaps Reese as well, that when we, like, for instance, if we say on Twitter, right, we are going live at this time, or there's a podcast coming out at this time, and for whatever reason, we don't record or it doesn't come out at that time. People message us to say, where is it? And you kind of realize then that the effect and you know, people do enjoy listening to it. So it does take time to build that audience up. But you improve and you get better because the first lock pods were just me sat in my pants with a headset and my phone. And it's <laughs> now really evolved. Ever- that information. All those ones that weren't on camera, I was setting my pants, so that's a lot of that. I feel like it kind of evolved and got more when people became involved and we did the reviews. And then for me, it officially started and, and kind of blew up to what it is now when we went video and you know, with all the interviews and Reese came in and got all the regulars in. But my advice would be start it first instance, keep doing it, keep just constantly keep producing them keep releasing them and 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 don't be disheartened about your audience numbers you know because you have to give it time to grow have you got any advice reese for someone that wants to start a podcast just just do it do it enjoy it be yourself and you know try to be a bit unique you know we i know we've mentioned we, we have our inspirations of podcasts that we like and we try to copy some of those things or emulate some of those things or do mm. things slightly differently um but you still have to put your unique spin on it so do it enjoy it be yourself and be unique my advice would be don't don't employ these two <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't have us on as guests yeah we're, we're too expensive a professional now cameron yeah thank you yeah, yeah, yeah we've got manscaped and acd and b um yeah. The next question is from Amber, and she says, why does Eddie keep saying, cover your ears, George, on the podcast? Can you remember why I say this, Reese? Yes, because it was a father and son that listen right. to the podcast regularly together, uh, and I think we've been teaching George uh, a bit of an extension of his vocabulary. Yeah, you could um, say <laughs> So we, we now have to apologise in advance um, to give his dad enough time to either put his ears over his heads or just to go get your book out and add this one to your book as well. Yeah, it's heavy because Reese is right. We got an email from, I think they were both called George as well, and his his son, presuming there, but they were, I think he said they were eight or something, seven or eight, really young. Yeah. And then it kind of made me realise the swearing <laughs> that pops up every so often on this podcast, so... It just became like a podcast meme that I say, cover your ears, George, before I swear. So that's why I say that, Amber. Last question, very important question to wrap up the podcast. Thank you to Cameron. Thank you to Sam. Thank you to Reese for coming on. It's from Emma. And Emma asks, is it officially Christmas period now or does it start in December, Reese? Is it Christmas now? So there's the rule that I'm obliged to follow because it's set by my in-laws family and there's a rule that I would prefer to follow. The rule that I have to follow is that it, five weeks before Christmas is acceptable. 
the reason why one it's my father-in-law's birthday and two love actually starts five weeks before christmas isn't that on isn't that on itv two all year round no i don't know but yeah so love actually starts five weeks before christmas so that that's, that's why my my rule of thumb normally will be first of december regardless of either of those Which things is the I'm, correct answer well, regardless of either of those things I'm saying, I know exactly what's happening right down outside of this room right now is that my house is currently getting decorated. Um, <laughs> hence why I use the podcast of, oh, sorry, I can't help you because I'm doing the podcast. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I've got yeah. to nip off. Sam, is it officially the Christmas period? Yeah, I, I love it. So as soon as bonfire night's out of the way, I'm, I'm in Christmas. The 6th month. of November? No, 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 no. Yeah, no, on a... Downstairs now, my, my living room's full of wrapped Christmas presents. I'm all ready. I spent. Oh, uh, I've not even bought mine yet. Sam. <laughs> I spent Thursday, uh, Wednesday or Thursday night. I was uh, building a, a Christmas Carol Lego set. Christmas. The sixth of November. Surely yeah. that is the earliest people start. <laughs> Cameron, is it the Christmas period yet? My, my my rule is as long as you don't mention it before my birthday, which is the 22nd of November, I'm all right. The 23rd of November for you then? Yeah, you, you can you can you can start start it then. And we've we've got our decorations up, but that's due in part to the fact that I'm off to London next week. I'll, I'll literally go to London on the 30th of November. You awesome. So Mrs. were like, "Can we please put them up before you leave?" So I was like, all right. So we put them up this week. For me, it is not Christmas yet. It's the 1st of December. It's a hill I'll die on. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Lot Pod uh, off-season update review type thing. Thanks to Reese again. Thanks to Sam. Thanks to Cameron. We will be back again. We do have um, a Christmas mailbag special coming up with Barry McDermott. He's coming on with us. That's going to be around the Christmas period, which isn't now. We're going to be recording that with him. and I think we're either... It, it's, it is going to be pre-recorded because I think we're going to release it like on the Christmas kind of time to give people something to watch. So that's coming up. Uh, thanks for listening, yeah, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>